What if you believed you could achieve any success you've always wanted? What would you do differently? What would you think differently? Thank you for listening to On the Air with Jeanette Sibley. It's your time for success. I'm coming to you from the Mile High City of Denver, Colorado. My focus each week is to share with you success tips, insights, and how to do it that help you achieve the results and successes you've always wanted in your business, in your career, and in other areas of your life. Are you ready to uncover the success you've always wanted? Keep listening and welcome. I'm going to start something a little bit different, and it's how to conduct the best virtual interviews as a series. So today we're going to talk about part one. Just to let you know a little bit about that, what is this? I mean, what's the big deal about doing a virtual interview? I mean, you've been, you know, you might say to yourself, I've been interviewing for years but you want to look at your results. <laughs> Things have changed. It's now a new world of work. Whether you're ready or not, virtual interviews are the way recruiters and hiring managers will select job candidates now and in the future. It's safer, more effective, and saves time and money. And it is different than interviewing somebody on the job site face-to-face. -face. It's also very important to remember that your company's reputation and the ability to attract great clients depends on your ability to conduct the best, well-prepared interviews. That means you don't get to wing it, not that you should have been doing that before, but in my experience of having been involved in hiring and firing and managing and coaching people for several decades, most people like to wing this stuff. And then they're a little surprised that their results are mixed. So again, this podcast for today is the first of a series of three. I'm going to be covering 19 tips. Yeah, it sounds like a lot, but once you get through them, you'll see, oh, that's not so bad. So it's 19 tips to conduct effective virtual interviews and ensure a positive candidate experience. And what we're going to be covering today are the first steps. These first steps are a must and are often overlooked. Before I even get into them, I know many of you are not going to want to go through all these steps and understand that you don't want to. However, having been an executive coach for over 27 years and even prior to that, helping managers do a better job of hiring and selecting the right job candidates, it's important to remember that if you really want the success and success comes from hiring the right person, whether you hire the right person or not will determine whether you are successful as a boss and leader. Skipping any one of these steps will get in the way of you achieving that success. So here's an example. Uh, you know, I've got many of them, but here's one that really stands out in my mind. I worked with a boss that wanted, didn't want to do any of the work. So today we're just going through the first seven steps. He didn't want to do any of the 19 steps. He just wanted to do what he normally did talk with a person, look him in the eye, and then use his biases to make a decision of yes or no. And he, how he justified that was he didn't feel he had the time to do it. I mean, he was busy, didn't want to spend that kind of time. It came as no surprise to me. I think he was surprised, though. His expectations of the new hires did not work out. The truth was he was not clear about what was required to get the job done successfully and what the skills were that were needed by the job candidates. He thought, well, if they have this particular degree from this particular college or school, or they know certain people, then they must be the best person for the job. 
and he was not correct in that assumption or that bias. In two of the situations, he also ignored the information contained in the job fit assessment that simply said the person was not going to be a good fit with the job. They were not going to want to do the job. They were not going to want to do it his way, on and on. As a result, when one of these employees left, so did several others. Now, why did they feel the need to leave? Because they felt lost. Mischief was occurring. The bottom line is they, was that they didn't know what was really expected. And to be honest, he didn't either. This was a very costly and time-consuming process that could have been avoided. I challenge you, as one of my listeners, to not let this happen for you or in your company. Again, here are the first seven steps of the 19 steps that I will be encouraging you to do. Next week, I'll provide part two and the next set of steps. If you need all 19 steps sooner, the URL for the article and the products mentioned are provided in the overview for this podcast. So are you ready? Got pen and paper handy? Because you're not going to remember them all. Number one, review your company's vision and mission. And you're probably going, huh? What? I want to hire people. If you want to hire people, you want to make sure that you're clear what the values of your company are. And they are reflected in the company's vision and mission. Too often, we haven't reviewed these documents in a long time. And I'm being kind when I say that. Usually, it's been since they were written, but I'm hoping that you've reviewed them sooner than that. So I want you to review it, see if there are any changes, write them down, make sure that you're clear what they are and what they mean to you. Number two, what are the company's goals? As you know, it's not business as usual right now. Our short-term goals, that's this quarter and Q3, and our long-term goals of Q4 and Q1 of next year are going to be different than they were in Q1 of this year. You want to really review them, determine what they are, what they should be, write them down, and then take those two documents for step three and review them with the management team. Before you start the interview and hiring process, this is critical. You folks all need to be on the same page. You need to have clarity because even though we are close to a historical high unemployment rate, employees today are much more savvy and would prefer to stay unemployed longer than work for a company that doesn't sound like they know what they're doing. So these first three steps, while they may say, you might say, eh, poo-poo, guess what? If things aren't working out, I promise you, when you're, we're talking to, with one another because it didn't work out, I'm going to have you review steps one through three. So I'm going to assume at this point that you're going to do that and, and hope that you do before you move on to step four. Because it's, it, you can't really do step four unless you've already done steps one through three. Once your management team has aligned, it's time for you, your HR people, or whomever to review and update the job descriptions and any corresponding policies to reflect the changes that were uncovered in steps one through three. A couple of ideas that you're going to have to address, and I'm sure there's much more than this, uh, you're hiring in selection policies and procedures, your EEO statements. If you're allowing people to work remotely or work from home, 
how they can meet and work with customers given what we're going through right now, onboarding, training. How is all that going to look? It's important to address these factors now so that you're clear and you can communicate clearly with job applicants. And I promise you, the more clear you are, the easier it is for you to share that with job applicants, the more excited they're going to be to work for you as their boss. Number five, create a 180-day success plan for each position. Keep it simple and focused. And you're going to want to personalize these. Uh, how to create a 180-day success plan is contained in my book, Hiring Amazing Employees. The URL for that book is provided in the overview for this podcast. What you want to focus on are what are the skills that they need to have during the first 30 days, 60 days, etc., all the way up to 180 days. Things to consider, like, okay, they, they're a new employee, so they need to go meet with their coworkers. They need to meet with their boss. They may need to meet with their boss's coworkers, the management team, certain customers, etc. Be clear what needs to happen that will help them be successful. One of the key things that I always, always, always coach people on, and you may want to include this in the plan, is listen more than talk. Too often a new employee comes in, they want to be seen as a positive addition to the team, and they talk too much. They lose out. 30 to 60, maybe even 90 days later, uh, you may have to let them go. So again, a 180-day success plan is just that. What is required for them to be successful? I have seen them, and this is a caveat, something to avoid, where the person, my client, created way too many things to be done in 180 days. All it did was create a lot of mischief, a lot of overwhelm, and it was not productive. So again, keep it simple, keep it focused, because remember while they're meeting with all these people, they also have to learn the systems, the policies, the procedures, and reading them is not going to be all that is required. They actually need to experience them. Okay, number six. Update your strategic hiring selection system. You're going to need to review each and every component, including the policies and procedures. I would start with structured interview questions. I've seen this done. I'm sure many of you listening have done this. If not, it's a great idea. Review all the structured interview questions, then upload all the updated questions into the internet. Have it in a format system so the hiring manager just has to print it and then just use it. Don't forget the policies and procedures required and the selection tools. Make any upgrades and updates now. You might say, well, you know, I think I'm just going to wait. You know, it's a little too soon yet. But here's the hardcore truth. This may sound easy, but when you get into putting all of this together, it's going to take time. And if you have a team working on it, everybody's going to have their own perceptions of how to do it best. What are the best practices? So again, take the time now because when you're ready to hire, you're not going to have the time. Suggestions is review your ATS or your applicant tracking system. Is it providing what you need it to do? The job fit assessments. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment because I have a few more things to say about that. Make a plan to train the interviewers 
and also make sure that you're conducting background and reference checks in accordance with state, local, and federal guidelines. This is important because too often, oh, well, you know, we just want to do that on our own. And then what happens is they're not conducted on everybody, which then puts you in violation of most laws. So let me go back to the job fit assessments. What many of you may not be aware of is that only 1% of the 3,000 products out there are actually in compliance with the Department of Labor's 13 guidelines for pre-employment assessments. I would suggest you get that information, review it. If you have any questions, contact me. Job fit assessments are important, but using assessments that are actually in compliance you will find a significant difference because these tools meet the threshold for validity and reliability. The other piece to this is in your preparation, as for step six, is you're going to want to review the benchmark that you're using to ensure job fit. And it could be called benchmarks or it could be called job fit patterns or performance model patterns, whatever they're called. You want to make sure that they reflect who you need. This doesn't need to be overly time-consuming. A lot of that stuff can be quickly and easily done. Again, the URL for the products mentioned are provided in the overview for this podcast. And number seven, train all your interviewers virtually. Since most of the job interviews are going to be done virtually, it only makes sense is that you give them a taste of what it's like to be on the other side of the desk. Do not rely on them to read the new policies and procedures and understand the new products and tools. Talk them through it. This is the best way to ensure consistency for the best interviews and the best positive job candidate experience. Again, and I cannot emphasize this enough, today's job candidates are much more savvy than ever before. And if they don't feel comfortable with you, they're not going to take the job. And that's just cost you a lot of time and money. Or they're going to take the job and keep circulating their resume. And then when they leave, some of your other top talented people are going to go with them. Again, this just costs you a lot of time and money. And there's a quick saying for that is you either pay now or you pay later. I suggest you do the work up front. Do these first seven steps. And then we're going to go through the next four steps in part two how to prepare for the virtual interview. If you have any questions in the meantime, please contact me. Again, the information for everything that's been mentioned, including how to contact me, is in the overview for this podcast. I want to thank you for listening to On the Air with Jeanette Sibley. It's your time for success. Tune in next week for more insights on how to achieve the success you've always wanted with my straight talk for dynamic results. Until next week, enjoy a great and successful week.